Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me when you hold me in your arms so tight. You let me know everything's alright. Welcome in to the penultimate regular season podcast, and this is truly an interesting setup we have going here. Uh, Mr. Spencer, uh, who will still need to publish this podcast, is unfortunately unable to join us this week, and um, I I would love to roast him, but I do understand it's finals week. Um, I know how hard this would probably be do- to do if it was finals week for me, but still, he is mad trash. Thankfully, we had... Maybe one of the only guests that could truly fill the pod shoes and hop right in as a co-host, Mr. Metcalf. Uh, welcome to Podcasting Royalty. Oh, well, it's great to be here. Um, I feel like I've ascended to my rightful throne as replacing Jack, um, really as being the second most important member of this league uh, as co-hosting this pod. Um, and really all I can say to him is, you know, it, it sucks to still be in school and not have a job. I mean, really, he should just do better, get better grades, and graduate already. But, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. He's he's not built quite like us. Um, he, I, I will say, Metcalf, actually, when we, when Jack and I, I don't know if we talked about this with you, but when we were first thinking about actually doing this podcast, um, Jack was, throughout the idea of having you as the third co-host, um, mm. we, we really would have liked that idea, and, um, you know, we, we knew you would have probably been down, but um, it was a combined thing of you were not available that week and we had really wanted to put out an app that week as well as planning three people, three people's schedules. Um, it, it would have been a difficult task, so um, I'm glad you could come on for a second episode. I mean, if you make the postseason, I'm sure you'll come back for a third episode. Um, that's one of the things we're here to talk about today, but um, yeah, it, uh, do, do you think that you would have taken up that duty as the uh, third pod host if you would have been uh given the given the keys yeah i mean i definitely would have accepted uh that invitation for sure um but i do think that it worked out nicely that everyone got to have their appearance on the pod i think for our first season that was really a a great way to do it get everyone involved um as you guys have mentioned just overall the podcast i think has brought the league closer together made it more uh a bigger part of everyone's lives and weeks because uh, we're discussing everything that's going on, and people are more connected to it. Um, I will say this: you know, if I win, when I if when I win the championship this year, mm, I will accept. Uh, I will accept a position as a, as a permanent co-host when I win the title. Um, I actually was going to propose that before we even said that as something that could go along with with winning the league this year. Obviously, between you two, whatever you're already on it, but that could be something that's up for grabs if you win the title. You earn a spot. I was thinking, I mean, who knows how long we'll, we'll all be in this league, hopefully the rest of our lives, but that would be kind of a fun rotating seat is uh, the winner's seat. They join for the next season. I guess uh, the but question that's thing is, you them all over. <laughs> I guess the question is, do you, do, you, um, do you kick someone out? Do you add the third and you don't have an additional guest? Um, does, does Jack lose again in the championship to you and then – Jack gets cucked for a seat. I mean, what 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 would be the best structure there? 
Yeah, I, I was thinking either you could have it to where uh, whoever finishes the worst record of the three people uh, who are on it gets the boot for the eventual mm. champion. But obviously this gets complicated with a potential repeat. So really, it was, it was you know, you guys started this thing. It's your baby. It would be you two, and that third seat would be uh, reserved for the champion because obviously it will never be one of you two. So, oh, yes. Uh, that sure. way it will always be open. <laughs> well, it will never be Jack. I mean, he's always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Uh, <laughs> and as far as you go, as long as we you know, don't allow you to obviously cheat your way to a title, oh. we'll be fine. Now, now, Metcalf, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a really great week of sports. Um, it's hard not to acknowledge that quickly before we get into all things fantasy. I mean, as the NFL season has been heating up, Chiefs have been staying amazing. Um, and all things have been chugging along. We've seen some great things um, throughout uh, the sports that Americans typically care about. Uh, had the big go blue win over uh, Dirty Ohio State. Um, mm-hmm. We're getting the getting uh, an early Hoosier start to the season. College basketball boys popping off. The Cambo's uh, mm. Boston Celtics and Deshay's Boston <laughs> Celtics and Joe Russell's Boston Celtics are all looking nice this year. Your bucks are also looking mm. decent. My heat are not looking that well. Um, eh, and, uh, and the um, yeah, the, there's a lot to be excited about. But I think more than anything, you got to really talk about the thing that only comes around once every four years. The, the World Cup, the United States, has just secured a spot to the knockout round. Um, they, <laughs> in all the World Cups with the United States that I have been able to watch in my life, which is 2010, 2014, and 2022, it always, they never really make it easy for themselves. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're always kind of uh, one of the average teams in the group. They're never the worst, but um, they're always put with some really difficult team. Um, in 2014, they were put with Germany, and Germany actually won that World Cup. So that was pretty crazy. Um, but, you know, I thought the U.S. was gritty. Um, and before Argentina won this last game, I really felt like, I said this in the group chat, I really felt like the U.S. honestly had a pretty decent shot at, it sounds crazy, but making it to the semifinals because, you know, as as good as Netherlands is, um, I think England is better and we've shown we can run with England. Um, so really the only teams that I kind of feel like the U.S. I really wouldn't get your hopes up against would be, you know, a Brazil or an Argentina or a Germany. Um, and if we win, we'll probably be facing Argentina. So... As Noswad said, maybe the chance to retire Messi. Metcalf, how are you feeling about our boys' path to our first cup? Well, I mean, the first thing I'll say is just that the lads are absolutely cracking out there on the pitch. They really are cracking. Um, and the second thing I'll say is that really was the draw heard around the world against England. You know, Lizzie's in a box. Lizzie's in a box. So, really, uh, it was beautiful. Um, obviously, I would have liked the win against Wales. Uh, I didn't love that we drawed that. But other than that, yeah. I thought the group stage went about as well as it could have. Um, but this is something that I've heard a lot that I kind of agree with. You know, all these guys on this team are, like, younger than 25. And so, like, next yeah. World Cup, they'll all be, like, really in their prime. So, they'll play together for a while. And we're hosting. So, like... That's, US the, soil, that's baby. the one where like I actually think we could really make a run. This one's kind of just a tune up. Like we had to get out of the group stage. That was really important for like confidence and stuff. But at this point to me, it's kind of all gravy. You know, whatever we can get done, we can get done. We're the youngest team in the field, so you know, it's fine. Um 
I don't think we really stand a chance against those teams you mentioned. The one team you didn't mention, which is really the one that scares me, is France. They're so good. Um, so really, you know, I'd like to get another win. We'll see how we do against Netherlands. But at this point, it's kind of all gravy for me. Well, as as Nick Wright said, if if the U.S. wins against Netherlands this Saturday, it will be the greatest moment in as of date in U.S. men's national team history. And um, now that's not it. Wouldn't be the highest finish, assuming they lost the next matchup. Um, I remember in two thousand and two, they actually made it um, quite far. Uh, they, um, I think they won. They beat Mexico. Um, and of course, in the in the England game in the early stages of the World Cup, um, they beat England and they made it to the semis that year, and they ended up getting third place. But the reason it's so important now is because you know that was still a time when um, it was well, not 2002, but the early days. You know, there was like 12 teams going. Uh, people were still trying to figure out where the power for soccer was, and it very quickly became Latin America and Western Europe which to this day have all of the World Cups. For every World Cup that's ever been played, the team that has won has always been either in the continent of South America or um, Western Europe, if you consider Germany Western Europe. So there's, there's this U.S. has kind of moved into, obviously, this position where people don't treat soccer very seriously. Um, and we're now approaching, as you said, Metcalf, hosting the World Cup next year, so next cycle. So if the U.S. can win this game, especially if we get a marquee matchup against Argentina and Messi, I truly believe that would be such a massive boost to the build-up to hosting the World Cup. I think it would... I, I, I still think that not enough of the country is going to be watching this U.S.-Netherlands game, but if we can win that game, I think most of the country is tuned into U.S.-Argentina. And whatever happens in that game, we move forward going into... We're hosting it next time. So... That would be very exciting. I would love that setup, and um, yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to get, love to get cracking with the gents out there, in their prime. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, you know, the the last thing I'll say is I think that as long as we score against Netherlands, like even especially if we get like two goals, if we lose, whatever. Like the the most deflating thing is if we just don't score, you know, and we lose like one nothing or two nothing, um, but. If we score, that means the boys are okay out there. I mean, that goalie, like, it's crazy. We've seen the story and, like, the, the tweets about it. But, like, I mean, that guy, if he, gives up, if, he, if he gives up some goals against the top international players in the world, I'm not going to worry about it, you know? After giving up that not top 10 goal. Yeah, I mean, he was, like, a walk-on <laughs> in college, and now he's going against Messi, potentially. Like, I'm not going to – Get upset <laughs> if he gives up a goal against Messi. <laughs> I just hope we score ourselves. He does currently play for Arsenal, though, so yeah, he cool. has seen top talent. Yeah. Um, now, now, uh, I would love to have our own World Cup podcast. Metcalf um, really opens it up with. Uh, I I can't really anticipate Jack watching too many World Cup games, so always glad to have a, a gent on from across the pond. Yeah. Um, I mean, the unfortunate thing is like, <laughs> since I'm working, I'm not able to watch most of the games. Like the USA games, I can basically get away with being like, oh, yeah, guys, I'm slacking off and watching the game on my phone right now. But, uh, you know, if it's like, like today, like I wasn't able to watch the Poland Mexico game. Like that wouldn't have really been justifiable while I'm at work, which is what the one thing that sucks about it being in 
like guitar. Well, okay, it's not the one thing that sucks about it being a guitar. There's a lot of things <laughs> that are not so great. Damn but it! For my, for my personal TV viewing experience, that's the one issue I have. But um, well, yeah. Metcalf, not human not rights violations aside. But, um, not to flex on your boys, but we, we do have the World Cup games on at my office. So that was pretty nice being able to uh, mm. to watch well, while working today. Classic East Coast or, liberal or uh, elitism. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of the man who is not here, um, many are saying that it's not finals week why he's not attending. It is the devastating loss he <laughs> suffered at my hands. He's this ducking past the week. blows. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I I truly think he is. You know, he he took it on the chin uh, <laughs> earlier this year when we played, and I beat him. Um, I beat him pretty squarely in that match. But um, this one, both of our teams at full strength. Um, I really, I truly, on my side, didn't have any BS go my way. Like uh, I know that Metcalf uh, in our matchup recently, like we both had some BS. Like your kicker got like twenty, my defense got like twenty two. We had some crazy, like, random stuff happening. But in this Metcalf, in this Jack versus me matchup, um, it was just a straight up, our dogs going at it. And I have to say, I think the reason I won this game was because I made the Chris Goblin trade with Tamke this past week. Um, I think Metcalf, you called that trade gross, I know. Um, you felt that um, Latavius Murray, Jerry Judy, and Chris Goblin all really don't have a lot of value and really are just kind mm-hmm. of eh, starting pieces, you guess. But um, no, I'm, I, I am very excited about Chris Godwin because um, I, what really pushed me, I think on him um, was other than the fact that he had just finally had his first really good game of the year um, against the Seahawks. He was coming off a bye, and the Tampa coach, uh, well, the offensive coordinator had said that uh, he, Godwin is officially at 100%. Now, I know coaches always just say random stuff like that. Uh, I, I don't have a lot, of, uh, a lot of science behind why I chose to believe that, but it, it pushed me to open the door with Tamke. Um, I, I was very much um, looking at uh, Tampa's schedule as well. Um, they close out with a very easy schedule, especially come playoff time with the Bengals and the Cardinals and the Panthers. Um, I'm very excited about that, about that Godwin play. And yeah, he had a huge game. Um, he, I mean, it, it's considered according to uh, our boy, IBM Watson metrics, um, his first boom game of the year, mm. 12 receptions on 13 targets, 110 yards and a touchdown. And Metcalf, the other, I think story too, is Damian Pierce's slow decline into really no longer being a must start. I mean, giving what, what was it? I think less, yeah, three points for Jack. I mean, what what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, so yeah, I know I have several. Um, first is when with Damian Pierce, this is the uh, it's the same situation I'm kind of in with Deontay Foreman, where when they're on such a bad team as the running back, when you jump out, I mean Miami was up thirty nothing at halftime. There's just no yeah. carries after that because they're going to have to Damian try to Pierce throw the ball. Five. Yeah, he got five rush attempts. When you get just jumped on like that, it's like it's something that happened with me with a couple weeks ago. Deontay Foreman when they were playing the Bengals, when the Bengals just absolutely <laughs> just pumped them. <laughs> what a horrible game. Mixon had like I was in I was in, I was in Charlotte for that game. The, yeah, the, the city was not on fire. So you know that that's just no good. But I, you know, in theory, if he gets carries, he's going to do better than that. Um, uh, as far as your team goes, I mean, what can I say? 
you made the right starts here. Uh, you know, obviously it would have been tempting to start Johnson, especially at your flex over Singletary. If you'd done that, I think you lose. Maybe not. Actually, nope. no, yeah, no, you I lose. Lost. So that was, that was a nice pickup by you to, to do that. But, um, I mean, as far as calling the, the Godwin trade gross, um, to me, and it's not just because they are our AFC West little brothers, any any Broncos player right now is just disgusting to touch because that offense is statistically the worst in football and one of the worst in like the last twenty years in football. Yeah, if you look at the, the, the worst in the last decade, I know. Yeah, so it's just it's just impossible for me to have any confidence in any of them. Like in another league, I have I have Sutton, and on paper he's a great receiver, but it's just there's just nothing going on there. And Godwin is, uh, you know, someone who does get injured quite frequently. The Bucks have been pretty off this year, especially with considering they're a Tom Brady team. So I just, you know, I don't like to have any Bucks right now either. But he had a great week this week. You know, nothing really I can say bad about that. Uh, the question is if he keeps it up, you know, especially having Mike Evans there on the other side, if he's healthy too. So I don't know. I, I will say this, Conrad. You are, mm. without a doubt, the luckiest team this season. I mean, <laughs> as far as I'm the most unlucky this season, I have two losses that are combined like three points. You have two wins here, which are combined like two and a half points, which is just oh, I have I I have three wins, which are combined. Um, I I beat Frankie by point six points. Oh my gosh! I, See, I wasn't even remembering by, that. I like, beat you by one point two points, and I beat Jack yeah. by See, in the same way that I'm three points away from being <laughs> like seven and five and firmly in the playoffs you're like three points away from being six and six and fighting with the rest of us so uh, you know I, very much so. sometimes i mean i mean whether you whether it's the algorithm which you you know have pledged your soul to or just god or, <laughs> or luck or whatever um you're having you're having some good breaks go your way uh you know you gotta hope if you're someone like me that those uh, don't happen for you in the playoffs i will say this conrad I would prefer – now, again, I have to get in here. But if I was going into the playoffs, I would prefer to be me right now where I've had, honestly, the breaks not go my way and still have a shot and hope that I'm due for some luck versus you who may have used all your luck this year and, and might jump into the playoffs <laughs> and, and have those go not your way. Um, but, you know, let's, that's what it is. Let's, let's, let's not get it twisted here, Metcalf. What, <laughs> when, there's, only two, there's only two things that matter in the playoffs. It's – whether or not you get a buy and how good your playoff roster is. Now, I generally believe that you could even say starting roster because I really think that a good team should draft for depth and then by the end of the trade deadline be optimized for, um, you know, be optimized for just that killer starting roster. Um, but depth does matter for that three week run. You might lose a key piece and then and then what? You're gonna have to pick up like. Some like I don't know Donovan like, Williams Jalen or whatever Bourne the hell type. that guy's name. Donovan is. Williams, <laughs> some some rando like that. So depth still doesn't matter at that point. But no, but back to what I was saying. The uh, I mean, a buy in fantasy. I think even if honestly, Metcalf, even if my team was significantly worse talent wise right now than your team is, which I don't think is true, um, really at all. No, um, it's not. I it's still just luck issue, but talent wise, it's just as I, good. I still would rather be my team just because um, I'm in a pretty good position to have a bye and you're still um, – I still have you make it into the playoffs. We'll get into that soon. But mm. I still have your boys um, – you know, I mean, it's, it's a tough fight to get into the playoffs. And unlike real sports where 
having a bye can be a blessing and a curse. In fantasy, it's just a straight free win in a three-week playoffs. So I am definitely not locked into that bye right now, but I'm feeling very good about my boys. Um, and yeah, I mean, Metcalf, we can talk about how your game went here. Um, well, before we do that, I, I do have some uh, one more thing to say about, about Jack's team here, especially since he's not here oh, to defend course. himself. <laughs> this team is dreadful. I, you oh, have, I mean, goodness. granted it's top-heavy. Kind of, my team is also top-heavy. I'll give you that with Allen and Jefferson. But other than that, I mean, what are we doing here? Palmer's in the starting lineup. The best guy on the bench is A.J. Dillon. I mean, you have Swift, who in theory has value because of how talented he is, but where Jamal Williams is taking all the touches. Jack didn't even start him this week. Um, I, I, I'm just not seeing anything. And Pittman, who had his like second-best game of the season this year, you got Wilson, who's not healthy and in a committee. I, I just I don't like anything about what, where he's got going forward. So, I mean, he's always he's always got the potential for like Josh Allen and Justin Jefferson to each score forty, which really helps. But other than that, I just do not like what he's got going on. Jack has had has taken so many big swings this year, maybe more than any other team. I wouldn't even say the word brisk; I'd say swings, because a lot of them um, seem like smash successes at the time. Um, you know, from his draft to the trades that he has made. Um, and some of them have really hit. Like, uh, there's a reason that, he, uh, well, actually, he changed it once he lost to Tamke. But his name for a long time was Houston Texas Texans starting RB. Because he told us all that on draft night. Mm-hmm. We all had only heard of Damian Pierce through, you know, like the typical, like, Isaiah Pacheco, like, random hype train things like that. Um, I hadn't even heard of him. I saw him on the rankings ranked high and said, who is that? I hadn't even heard of the guy. So. <laughs> Uh, you know, that was I, on I, me. Maybe I should have drafted him, but I, I didn't even know. We, Jack knew something we didn't, and it was truly, um, I think you can still say, the best draft pick of the draft. And um, I think Jack um, is still, now it's looking a lot weaker now, but um, it had seemed like Jack would have the best keeper situation, which is why he traded away Olave, mm-hmm. because he knew that Pierce would be his keeper. Again, I don't know how much of a guarantee that is now. I still think he should do that. Um, like that was a huge hit. His trade with Tommy, how he was able to get, um, he was able to get Debo and Josh Allen for Joe Burrow and Josh Jacobs. That was a amazing trade for Jack, at least at the time. I mean, at this point, Joe Burrow has performed as well, if not better than Josh Allen since that trade, which mm-hmm. I still would rather have Josh Allen going forward. But technically, Joe Burrow has been the better fantasy quarterback and Josh Jacobs was able to sustain uh, excellence for many weeks. Uh, Debo Samuels was good too, but then he traded away Debo. To you, this is on the other side of it, for Swift, at the time, a good-looking trade, but gambling on the injury really has not paid off. I mean, you didn't even notice when you were looking at his bench that Swift was on it. You thought A.J. Dillon was his top piece because Swift has just fallen into so much irrelevance. He's not even projected double digits anymore, which is crazy when you remember that Swift was going, what? I mean, I'm pretty sure you drafted him the first pick of, yeah, the first pick of the second round. Yeah. So, and and then, of course... (laughs) Kyle Pitts, which um, Jack drafted quite early. I think that was Jack's third round pick. And from the time that he drafted it um, until like nine weeks into the season when I finally accepted that Kyle Pitts is truly just not good. Uh, well, not that he's not good, but he's just not good for fantasy. Um, I had wanted Kyle Pitts. I was like, dang, I can't believe that Jack 
went so early on Pitts, it's probably still going to pay off for him. It never worked. I think Pitts had one solid week. I think he had one okay week. I, I think all of his other weeks were like actually abysmal. Um, like for the draft value, maybe maybe one of the worst picks of the entire draft. Even if you take away the injury, which factoring in the injury probably is the worst pick of the entire draft. Jack has oh, yeah. just had so many ups and downs. There's been times where after that Josh Allen, Debo Samuel trade, looked at Jack's team. He had everything. He had everything in place. And things can just change so quickly based on changing situations, bad moves on his part. Um, yeah, he can still win out. I think there's probably a good chance that he does. He's going against a hobbled Tel- Telford and uh, Declan. I would bet on him to win both of those ones. But, I mean, <laughs> there's a good chance that that's just not enough. And it's because Metcalf teams like you are standing in the way who, despite being 5-7, and seven, you currently find yourself, if the season ends today, um, in the playoffs as the sixth seed. Um, and I'll let you talk about this loss this week against Naswa, but I will say, Metcalf, I, I was quite sad about that because, <laughs> as you can see, when I accidentally sent that text to Will Frankie instead of Naswa, <laughs> there was a point before, before my plane had taken off Called on Bill um, Sunday. Congrats on the job, Brian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the wrong Brian. <laughs> um, I... Uh, there was definitely a point where I was looking at the projected. I think you were favored by at least 15 at that point. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if that was because it was factoring in your defense or something or if something crazy happened. No, but, um, I, I was the, projected like 65% chance to win going into Sunday night, and I was losing by the end of the first half. It was – I mean, Miles Sanders was career, but, you know, it is what it is. And that's what I'm saying. Like, by the time my plane landed, you already lost the game. Yeah. And it, 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 it was sad because um, I uh, – what I was alluding to was that if you would have beaten Oswald, him and I would both be nine and three. And despite his pretty sizable points for advantage over the rest of the league, um, we would be playing this week for the one seed, um, which would be pretty hype. But nevertheless, we'll still be doing a game of the century this week. Um, Metcalf, uh, you, you hit the Jack floor of a hundred and you got one Oh three. Um, I, uh, I, I, I guess since I, since I did miss some of this game was everything that went wrong here, just, Noswad's boys exploding in that um, Miles Sanders, Aaron Jones tandem? Or did you have some of your boys just fall through and not really get you what I need? I'm seeing a Debo Samuel disappointment here. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll go through the whole thing with you. Um, first of all, as you said, at the season today, I would be in the playoffs, um, which is which is fine. But unfortunately, the season does not end today. And I got to be honest with you, I am not feeling that confident about, about this Tommy matchup this weekend. Um, but we can get to that oh. later on in the playoff scenarios. But, um, you know, I, I didn't – if I'm being honest, while I'm annoyed with how ESPN does their projections, that I they gave me that false sense of confidence that I had 65% chance to win uh, going into Sunday night, I didn't deserve to win this week. Um, I mean, if you look down the list here, uh, Mahomes was under his projection. Henry was under his projection. I need those guys to be – consistently over their projections. I mean, my team runs on Patrick Mahomes and Derrick Henry. That's very simple. It's kind of always the way it's been. They didn't even hit their projections, let alone I need them to exceed them. I need need consistently like 50 points from those two, 45 to 50. And this week I got 30. So it just doesn't work. Um, Other than that, I mean, Foreman hit his projection pretty much exactly. DK hit it exactly. Schultz is the only guy that really went off this week, having that second touchdown. Other than that, everyone either underperformed or just performed at their projection. 
Um, Because I don't even count the Traylon Burks thing because that really was a Derrick Henry touchdown that he just happened to fall on. So I I didn't deserve to win this week. You know, I didn't put up enough points. Um, You can see that Debo Samuel, very disappointing uh, performance. That's part of the reason I traded him. I've had some serious frustrations with him ever since I acquired him. Um, Yeah. He had, had, you know, a nice game last week, which almost brought me over the top versus you, which would have been huge. Um, for a lot of reasons. Yeah, but... Even in his huge game, even in his huge game, he still just disappointed you. Yeah, and it's because of the same thing that, you know, like there were times after he had that huge play where he hardly was on the field afterwards in that game versus you, and it's that stupid hamstring that he just like is like always on the sideline getting stretched out for. And um, <laughs> I had to get rid of him because the, the problem with Debo is he's just too hit or miss. And, I mean, I know you were disappointed with that trade. You tried to one-up it. Um, but I was it, it just, it, yeah. and you know, I hate that the Dawson's even more stacked now, but he's just so feast or famine. And I, I had to get deeper. Uh, I had to get another running back with Pacheco, who I do not understand his projection for the life of me of eight points. I guess it's matchup based because we'll probably throw the ball a lot against Cincy because it might be a shootout. Anyway, you know, I didn't really deserve to win. I mean, Tommy, or sorry. Dawson totally deserved one. Dawson put up 120, and Travis Etienne didn't score a point. So, really. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I mean, no. When Etienne and, out, and he didn't have his Justin, he didn't have his Justin Fields yeah. uh, trap card either. Yeah. And you're right. his defense got one point. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it, I mean, Sanders going off, you know, you want to complain, but really that just evened it back out to basically his projection, which was like 118. Like, it, you know, when Etienne went out, that's when I was at my most confident because I was like, okay, that's just a blank spot in his lineup. Like, that's great for me. But, you know, it, you know, it just – it didn't work out. It's it's fine. Uh, I mean, you can't complain about losing to the number one team. He put up a lot of points. But um, the biggest issue for me is, is really for next week um, and the fact that I didn't beat you because when you score 130, whatever it was, that's the game you need to win that you deserve to win. So no. – that, that was wild. Um, yeah, Metcalf, I, I, I do want to talk about that trade. I mean, you already kind of gave your whole rationale, I think, for, for the pod. Since November 8th, there has only been three trades in a league that trades a ton. Um, I thought the trade deadline yesterday might hamper up more um, trades, get people more excited, get things going. Um, but you and Noswad were the only ones who bit on that. And um, I think for Noswad, you know, I would say that it's a blockbuster trade. But honestly, he's now facing a um, – and th- this is a problem that I think every team would like to have. But it, it it might haunt him a little bit now that he – the trade deadline has passed and he's just going to have to kind of go with it. He now has a issue of abundance here where, I mean, you have to start Stefan Diggs and Devontae Adams no matter what their matchup is, um, they are currently, as Naswad said, the wide receiver one, and uh, Adams was a two. Now he's a three after a oh. average week last week. Um, but they're the yeah, I mean they're you could argue they're the two best wide receiver options in fantasy. Um, so you're starting those guys at wide receiver. Um, then I mean, you got Miles Sanders, Etienne, Aaron Jones. You pick one of those two, but you're still left with one of them who have all been playing amazing. Etienne obviously injured, so that might be a good fill-in. But when Etienne's back, are you really going to bench Etienne? So where does Debo fit into this team? I mean, 
You could put him at flex, but are you going to bench Miles Sanders? I mean, Miles Sanders just put up 30 points. He had another 30-point game this week. I know that he's a little feast or famine as well, so maybe he's a better start than Debo. But, yeah, I mean, Noswad's team is just so stacked at this point that he has a player that would literally start on every single team. Every single team would start um, either Debo or Miles Sanders. Um, some For some teams, Debo would be the wide receiver one, and for... <laughs> Some pretty unfortunate teams. Miles Sanders would be the running back one right now, um, and they're going. You're going to sit on Noswad's bench each week. I mean, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, the ETN trade makes it a, or injury makes it a little bit simpler if he is hurt and like can't go, or if he's even just not 100 percent healthy. Maybe you want to take caution with him. I don't know if you're Noswad. I think you just you have to go matchup based. Who's playing a, a bad team? Who's playing a good team? Who's playing a team with good run defense, pass defense, whatever it is? Um, but really, you know, that's his problem to have, not my problem to have anymore. Uh, as far as whether you play Devo or not, I mean, obviously, I played him every week because he's too valuable. But um, you know, as far as the other thing with the rationale, I will say this: I this trade was initiated by me. I reached out to Dawson with with that exact offer, and he didn't counter it. He just accepted it. And, and I look at Pacheco's mm-hmm. projected eight. I think that's I mean, maybe it's fair, but I think Pacheco could easily do what he did this week and get 15, get even have a 20-point game if he catches some balls. He's hardly caught any balls, but he runs some routes. Um, you know, so it's kind of a gamble, but you don't lose or you don't win fantasy by doing nothing and sitting on the sidelines. You got to do something. So, Yeah, you know what, Metcalf? No matter what Debo does for Noswad, even though I do think in a vacuum, Noswad got the better side of the trade, you undoubtedly win this trade if you win this week. The, your your matchup, Tommy, I mean, he is going to be like, it's, again, anyone who has any preconception that, I mean, Tommy was on the pod last week. You heard him say he's watched maybe like one or two games of football this year. Oh, I'm that sure. includes Chiefs games. So, so I mean, he, he quite literally, I mean, everything you think about Tommy as a manager is true. He wasn't able to draft his boys. He's been volunteering in upstate New York um, with the Jesuit Volunteer Corps. I mean, that man is not um, at all plugged in whatsoever in fantasy. Like the, I would say that ga- whoever is the second least plugged into the NFL this year, which I would say is Tamke. It's the gap between Tamke. Tommy. The gap between Tommy and Tamke is it's larger more, than the gap. Is, lo- is larger than the gap between Tamke and you name it. Uh, you, me, Noswad, Jack. Whoever, Cambo, uh, yeah. people that are most into fantasy. Th- that is how out of the woods he is. But nevertheless, the promise of Tommy has very much come together. And we saw that this week against Dishay. Um, you know, Dishay had a great performance. I mean, I, again, like we kind of knew here that he wasn't really playing for playoffs anymore, just playing to maybe ruin some team seasons. And at that point, he was trying to get out of the Sacco. Um, we'll get to that later, but it is looking very difficult for the Sickos to avoid the Sacco at this point. But no, he had an amazing game, mostly built off of the backs of um, you know guys that have not really done much this year. Brian Robinson getting him his best game of the year with 20 points. Samaje Pirine um, filling in for the injured Joe Mixon, getting him 17 points. DJ really taking advantage of all that fab that he still has. And then DJ Moore, who's been a huge disappointment this year, filling in at flex and getting um, the 18 points, which has, looking at DJ's bench this week, as you can see, is pretty key as uh Lawrence and Algier are the only players who did not score zero points this week on Declan's bench 
which includes Brandon Bolden. That is how down bad Dishay was. Um, so um, he had an amazing game. He put it together. It was a great job, but and yet he never even stood a chance against uh, Tommy. And I will say he, like many other fantasy owners, um, primarily lost off that Josh Jacobs TD rumble, who Tommy has been cursing in recent weeks. <laughs> um, I, I, I did the math. Tommy still would have won without that touchdown. It would have been much closer, but that touchdown totally put that game away. Um, uh, apart from that, Tommy had just a solid week. Um, Amari Cooper, I think, has really come into being a must-start wide receiver at this point. Not a wide receiver one, but, I mean, with Voldemort coming back, uh, the the <laughs> the Browns are going to be a much better passing team. I legitimately think – it's not even because Tommy is like – it's like, oh, shit, I can't lose to Tommy. It's just – it's literally just objectively roster-wise. Tommy is bottom three teams that anyone would want to be facing right now. So – that's going to be a tough matchup. Tommy, though, has catapulted himself. I think um, I think last week he went up two spots in the standings. This week he went up another two spots in the standings to where he now, um, again, don't want to spoil the, uh, the playoff uh, scenarios, but Tommy and you are the only one of that group of five and seven teams that control your destiny because of all these points you guys have amassed. Um, and really, as much as I like your chances – the only thing really stopping me from being more confident is is Tommy, who's now has risen from being, um, as we were seeing, a two and seven, probably for sure, Sacco team that was kind of falling apart to being, uh, at this point, probably fifty fifty to make the playoffs. Yeah, definitely is. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, Declan is not myself to say that hasn't been sad. We've buried him all season long. It is what it is. Uh, I'll leave him alone and let him have his peace, but. Uh, looking at Tommy, I mean, the the one thing you can say about his team is that Jacobs carried him in 45 points or whatever, but then you look at Dalvin Cook at seven points, and in theory, Dalvin's, you know, a 16, 18-point-a-game kind of guy, so yep, he was exactly. disappointing, and, you know, I love Ramondre Stevenson. He gets a lot of carries. He's a good runner. Um, he's clearly become the lead guy there. Lockett obviously is a big bit boomer bust. He's always been that way in his career. Um, he's, you know, he's had some forty point games himself in his career, but um, he also has some sneakers. Amari Cooper, he's a good player. Um, the one thing you know, you mentioned uh, he who shall not be named, uh, except for the fact that Joe uh, Russell is starting him this week because Joe Russell believes in him and he condones his actions. Uh, that's why he rostered in, in, him. In every him. sense imaginable. That's why he signed. That's why he signed him to uh, to all, a fully guaranteed contract. Yeah, Joe Russell gave him two hundred fifty guaranteed million, but he doesn't support his actions. Well, okay, sure, maybe. Um, anyway, I mean, in a way, he kind of did because he drafted him to be his keeper. So yeah, I think, he really, I think, he really believed. I think this. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the one thing is maybe he comes back and they don't have you know the chemistry because. Um, you know, he's been out all year and especially that first game, which gives me a little bit of hope is, uh, they don't have that chemistry and he's going back to Houston with all that noise. And, uh, there's like going to be like potential, there's like victims are going to be like at the game in a box. I don't know if you saw that story. Insane. And like the crowd, I don't know. So he, they, they, the Browns could lay a stinker next week, but other than that, moving forward, I do think it's a good, good fit for him. So I don't know. Uh, I definitely 
am nervous and scared of Tommy's team going forward, as I think everyone else should be, besides maybe Dawson, who if we're if we're all being honest with ourselves, should run away with this thing, unless something weird happens. Um, but you know, it's any man's game, any given Sunday, as they say. So, um, we'll Metcalf, I I will continue to say. Obviously, I'm biased that my boys can defeat Noswad. Um, he actually he has specifically uh, told me that he thinks that me and you are the two teams that he thinks could beat him. But um, I I will say any team that makes the playoffs could win the playoffs, and yeah. I I truly believe that. I think. I think any team can limp into the playoffs and have a special week. The last thing I'll say about Tommy's team, Josh Jacobs is now the RB1 in fantasy. He is the RB1. I mean, like, I I just, thinking now about Josh Jacobs' fantasy career, him being always drafted in, like, you know, being seen as, like, a really great fourth or fifth round pick and just, like, you know, always disappointing. This year, I mean, there was no reason to believe. This is part of why, um, you know, I'll admit, me too, but uh, Jack was trashing Noswad's RPs that he drafted, um, uh, drafted Josh Jacobs and Saquon, the BS2 RBs. He traded both of them, who have both, I, I think you could argue Josh Jacobs and Saquon have been the two best running backs this year. So mm-hmm. it's kind of funny. I mean, I'm not saying that Noswad's team is, is still great. He has, like we said, the two best wide receivers in fantasy. So. And he's built a just a, a wonderful team, so um, I'm sure he's not missing them too much. But it's it's crazy how Josh Jacobs was. I mean, again, I got him for Thielen and Cordero Patterson, um, and then I and then he was like amazing. And then I did, no one really believed in the value, so I gave him up for um, Mike Evans and Tyler Algier, um, and then Jack gave him up for um, Debo Samuel and Josh Allen with Joe Burrow. Which and he has just eclipsed the value for of all those players in all those trades. So truly incredible. Um, and yeah, do do not let Tommy get into the playoffs, or things are going to get very dangerous. Um, moving on, we had uh, another great rivalry matchup: Adam versus Telford. The game itself, though, um, if I'm not mistaken, was the biggest blowout of the week. Um, yeah, it was a stinker. So. It was a stinker for sure. It's 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 certainly surprising seeing just how quickly Telford's team has gone from having by far the highest floor of all teams in this league. I mean, he was pumping out. Um, let me specifically pull up his game by game logs. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, he was he he lost that first game against you, that game where you set like the season high of one seventy five points, and he scored eighty three points. And since yeah. then, he had gotten. Over 100 points easily each week, including consistently getting above 110, reaching 160 against Jack, hitting 145 against Tommy. Um, and then he had the big week against Joe last week where he got 122. But other than that, three of his last four weeks, 93, 81, and now 70. Um, Telford had texted me knowing that he needs to do something. Now that the trade deadline is over, there's really nothing to be done apart from, um, I, I guess, just ho- hoping that Cup and Fournette can get off their injuries and come together in time and piece together a run. But uh, I'm going to be honest, Metcalf, I'm, I'm really not scared of this Telford team in the playoffs at all. In, in fact, I would even say that um, whatever team, it, I mean, because I still think Telford, Telford will probably win one of these last two games. Um, which will be enough to keep him as a uh, you know a four seed or a three seed. So whatever you know five or six seed 
faces off Telford, I would say would be probably pretty lucky. He's he's definitely um, definitely just living off of that uh, just that mid and early season dominance that he rode off of for that um, crazy seven game winning streak he had. I mean, yeah. How are you feeling about Telford's the state of Telford's teams? Uh, well, I mean Telford. There was a moment where it was kind of Adams' team, but Telford seems really the team that the injuries have just destroyed. Um, I mean, because you know, you mentioned that those crazy scoring streaks. At one point during that, you know, that's because you had Mike Williams and Cooper Cup playing together, who were both top ten receivers. Cups obviously got an insane floor and ceiling, um, and they both haven't been playing recently. And as you can see, the results followed. Lenny hasn't been playing. The results have followed there. Um, you know, it when you lose two of your top three scores and really three of your top five, with you include Lenny when he was playing, like, you know, this is what's going to happen. It, if you're starting Alan Lazard, Tyler Boyd, and Julio Jones all in the same <laughs> week, you know, that's not good. You can you can start one of those guys to plug a spot, but you can't do all of them. Um, yeah. It just, oh, it, man, it, yeah. It's it's tough. Uh, you know, I he, he had a stroke of genius early with uh, with Gino, Gino and Smith. obviously Chubb was the best pick in the draft, in my opinion, getting him so late. But I, I just, there's not a lot of upside. You got to hope if you're telly that those guys come back. I personally don't think Cooper Cup's going to play another game. Uh, I mean, the Rams are done. They've shut everyone down. Ooh. Aaron Donald oh, got ruled. that's so true. Aaron this is Donald. the exact issue we talked about all year, Metcalf. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Donald is the star play players on a bad team. He's hurt. They're just sitting him, plus Stafford and all the other guys. I don't think Cup plays another game, which is a problem for him. You hope Williams yep. comes back if you're Telford and plays well. But the fact that he came back for the Chiefs game and had like one catch and immediately was re hurt is not a great sign. Um, plus, for Ned, apparently that that white guy, Rashad White, uh, is is getting a lot of touches now. So I don't know. I mean, if you're Telford, the things you can hope for, I guess, is Kittle has a game like he had against uh, the Cardinals. You can hope that uh, Ezekiel Elliott gets hurt and Pollard becomes Pollard again. Or you could just hope that Jerry Jones actually wakes up and realizes who the better running back is. You never know. Uh, if Jerry <laughs> Jones will do that, he may wake up on like the floor of some Vegas casino and figure it out. But uh, there's just it, the problem is if you're Telford right now, you're doing a lot of hoping and not a lot of planning. And that's the biggest issue for me. I think Metcalf, that is the that's the central issue at this point. He He might be able to win one game in the playoffs, but. At this point, I am pretty convinced that Telford is not going to win the ship in pretty much any scenario. Like, I would pick your team winning the championship over Telford's, and Telford's already 100% in the playoffs, yeah. and there's still a 60% chance that you miss the playoffs. Um, it's just the cup injury. I mean, you're so right about that. They, they even said, they'd even said back when the Rams were three and six when he got injured, that the Rams would have to be seeking playoff contention for him to be rehab, rehabilitating towards coming back this season rather yeah. than next year. Um, and that's, they're, they're, they're out of it. So he is done. And yeah, the, the injury luck on the other side of Telford, having Pollard and Boyd to fill in for the Zeke and chase injuries, he, he almost was able to sell those guys for Justin Jefferson, which I think totally would have saved his team. But, um, Jack was pretty easily, I think, able to two up that. And now he's sitting with those guys who have the guys in front of them back. So 
Yeah, I mean, Telford, look, um, we'd love to have you back on the pod maybe to defend yourself. I mean, you're free to come back next week if you want. Maybe you rattle off a huge win against um, – um, well, geez, I, I think I think Telford might be playing uh, Tamke next week. He plays so, Tamke, so he yeah. Could, he, could, he could win that game. But, um, yeah, Telford, you know what? Thank you for this being your number two podcast of the year. And <laughs> um, we hope to make it number one next year. Um, and maybe you, you could also be number one next year. Um, Mr. Kissler, uh, flowers to you. Um, I have for weeks been now Adam wanted to join us on the show, but he is in Pacific time. Um, wasn't able to make it work. Um, he especially requested me to not sleep on his boys. Um, so <laughs> let's, let's avoid resting on them. Metcalf. Um, I, I think some may say that I've been sleeping on his boys for a while now. Um, mostly because of the injuries in my opinion. I mean, um, it's just like the similar to the cup scenario. Once Jamar Chase went down, I kind of realized that this team was very shallow. And then Mark Andrews went down, and I was like, "Oh man, I don't think this is even a average team anymore. I think this is one of the worst, or you know, the the I wouldn't say one of the worst rosters in the league, but just definitely a mediocre roster. Um, but now that they're back at full health, um, uh, with Connor and Hopkins on bye. Um, that sucks for this week because Adam's one of those five and seven teams that needs a lot to go for him to start to have a chance to make it. Um, and he needs to win this week, but, um, still though, he's, he's got Sutton at, in at flex as a pretty decent flex. Um, he's having, uh, Patterson fill in at RP two for those guys. If he can just hold it together this week and pull off this win, um, and he's, he's facing Mr. Russell, uh, this is uh, a rematch of Rivalry Week Part 1. If he can hold it together against those boys, um, I do fully believe that he can have a huge performance on the last week, get the dub, and maybe score enough points, too, for a couple tiebreakers. Um, I wouldn't bet on it at this point, um, but I will not sleep on his boys. Uh, Metcalf, do you see any path forward for this Kissler team? Yeah, I mean, I definitely see a path forward in the fact that, you know, Kenneth Walker, I mean, he has been a little bit, bit more busty since he's become the number one guy, but he's a clear number one running back on his team who gets a lot of touches, gets scores. Um, he's a great player. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I know I just said Chubb was the best pick in the draft. Hopkins, he's, I don't think he's the best pick in the draft, but he's definitely up there. I mean, the fact that Kissler waited it out with him for so long. I mean, there's a couple of times I tried to sneak a trade in to get DeAndre Hopkins from him claiming that, you know, it was no value to me since he's not playing. But, uh, mm. you know, he is an outstanding player, the clear number one receiver on that team. So, um, you know, he, he's definitely got talent here. Any of these guys uh, at any point could go off, um, except for maybe Cortland Sutton because the Broncos just suck. But other than that, <laughs> I mean – I do like I do like this team a lot, especially you know maybe OBJ gets signed, he gets to have Odell. <laughs> uh, no, OBJ but, getting signed, Adams <laughs> win the shit. <laughs> but, but you know, yeah, especially I mean, you know, if Jamar is back and he's healthy, he's you know he's a guy with an insane ceiling. Um, I don't know, I like it. But the biggest weakness I see on his team right now is just the fact that he is Dak Prescott uh, as his quarterback because. I think one thing that everyone's learned this year in fantasy, especially this week, go for this thing. I don't know if I mentioned it last time on the pod, but it's something I've been thinking about and talking with people about this year. 
I think this year was kind of a turning point in how fantasy is going to go moving forward and the fact that running backs are just not what they used to be. There's way too yep. many committees. There's way too many injuries. Teams are yep, throwing the totally. ball more. The, I think quarterbacks are that position that's coming up now. I mean, you see when you're like my team, you have a Mahomes, you have a Josh Allen, um, you have a Lamar Jackson or a Hurts with the run, even Fields with the running. That those guys can yeah, even carry a team. Guys that get twenty five to thirty re- like repeatedly, that's so valuable. And I just don't see that with Dak, especially with how much they run the ball with Zeke and Pollard. Um, but you know, the rest of his team's good enough that they may overcome that. So you never know. Going into uh the Battle of the Wills, um definitely one of the most fabricated rivalries in the league. Uh nevertheless, it's always <laughs> <laughs> receives a lot of false hype from the uh, Southern media that is uh, Will Frankie. Um, I mean, Frankie, again, we'll get to this again. In my opinion, Frankie has already been eliminated from the playoffs. ESPN gives him a 1% chance. That's all that some have ever needed. But Frankie in practice was already eliminated going to this week, whereas Tamke was sitting at a nice 5-6. and six. Um, I really think this was more a case of Frankie playing spoiler and reminding Tamke, who who the who the real will in the group chat is. Um, I've definitely been calling Tamke Tamke more often now since that loss, and calling uh, Will Will more often now. Yeah, uh, we well, earned it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he. <laughs> I would actually like to start that tradition of like <laughs> just <laughs> like he the 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 winner gets to change his like group name just like Will, and the loser has to like make his group name like anything that doesn't have the word Will in it. That would be <laughs> that would be wonderful. Um, yeah, no. Uh, Frankie's team, or should I say Will's team, um, you know, they they got that job done. Um, again, as we've talked about before, I think um, he kind of fell into uh, disrepair to the point where he built the worst roster in the league, um, unfortunately. Um, Jonathan Taylor has shown some turnaround potential, and David Mopportunity has uh, gotten better. Uh, CeeDee Lamb has had some big games. Um but in general, this team just has looked hideous some weeks. Um, I think 100 is definitely above average for them. But, you know, it got the job done. Um, I don't have too much more to say about this. Uh, I guess I guess Tamke, um, very concerning um, with his playoff chances now. Um, that could have been you know, a classic Tamke situation where he gets a, an easy win and finds himself sitting at 6-6 six and six and uh, feeling a little, bit, little cushioned into the playoffs right now, but now he finds himself actually um, at the bottom of that five and seven group. He's going to need a lot to go his way. And quite frankly, Metcalf, I don't know if this team has it in it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Tanky could have played Zay Jones, his boy, and uh, easily won this game, but he didn't. So, you know, that's on him really. But I, I look at this team, Frankie, uh, you know, the biggest problem with him right now is, is his quarterback as well, in my opinion, uh, which is something that we're going to keep hearing about. Cousins has higher ceiling because he goes off. I guess Mariota in theory could start running the ball, but he didn't. Um, but I do I do like something with, with Will's team in the fact that there's that Taylor, Lamb, McLaurin bump. Obviously, Terry didn't have that good of a game this uh Week, but ever since Heineke started playing, because I have him in another league, uh, Terry has really gotten a lot better since Heineke started coming in. So, um, 
he can always have a, a good game because he's a great receiver. It's just a matter of his fantasy value is what it is. Um, I don't know. He didn't even start Chris Olave this week, who I think is also pretty good. Uh, I mean, he is really good as far as fantasy value. Um, either way, I was thrilled to see this result because um, this was, as well as your matchup, the two that really were up for grabs Monday night for creating this ultimate chaos scenario that we found ourselves in, uh, which I was really rooting for, not just because it helped me, but also because it's fun. Um, You're a sicko. <laughs> really, I am. The circle of suck has been completed. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I look at Tanky's team. I hate Latavius Murray. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, obviously, he's hey, Tanky's you talk about boy. obviously he's Tanky's boy, his son, his sweet boy, whatever the phrase is. Um, <laughs> he loves Latvius. Um, Paris Campbell, I do not understand the Paris Campbell thing. In like my other leagues, I always see him as like the top available free agent, and then no one picks him up, which is just funny <laughs> to me. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it it shouldn't be Paris Campbell. You're you're right, Metcalf. It should have been Zay Jones. Um, in the Tamki historical book, that is what is going to be remembered yeah. from the season is yeah. when when Zay Jones answered the call and he would have brought Tamki into the playoff picture. Tamki did not pick up the phone. Yeah, uh, you know, I like Tamki's team somewhat. Uh, obviously, McCaffrey had a, a real down week. McCaffrey could definitely go off at any given time. Uh, he's that talented of a guy. Lamar um, could have bigger weeks than he had this week, but he played pretty good. Um, Jalen Waddle is he shares that that spot with Tyreek. I feel like if Tyreek was on that team, then again, I guess he'd be double covered a lot. But Jalen Waddle could just be crazy if he was the only guy. So I don't know. I mean, oh, yeah. Tampa, I mean, he was he, he was pretty great last year. Tampa could explode at any at any given moment, but he could also have weeks like this where he just puts up like ninety points and. Doesn't do a whole lot, so um, you know we'll see. I I would not say that Tanky scares me. If I was like a in a playoff game with him, I wouldn't be scared uh, the way I would be over a lot of the other teams. Um, but Frankie has a one percent chance to make the playoffs, and I I need you to respect that there is a one percent chance that he makes the playoffs <laughs> on that because he has not been statistically eliminated. He uh, he's in this till the bitter end. Assuming like eighteen different things go his way, but other than that, <laughs> he's in the he's in the. Um, <laughs> uh, Frankie's true rival um, that he refuses to fully acknowledge as his true rival. Um, he also lost this week uh, in our final matchup review. We look at Cambo <laughs> and Mister Russell. Um, this was another one of those, um, uh, you know, just like the Diche and Tommy game. Um, you know, where the losing team has a great week, but we are no longer in the part of the season anymore where you have a great scoring week and you can feel good about yourself and just move forward, especially when you're sitting where Cambo is, where um, the five and sevens are kind of a distraction from the fact that uh, Cambo is six and six and sitting kind of right at the tipping edge of the rest of them. I mean, if Cambo was five and seven, he would be right square in the middle of the five and seven teams based on points scored and he can find himself losing either this week or next week. He would find himself dropping into that. So definitely a tough loss for him. Uh, You know, he did what he had to do this week, but it, it, it wasn't enough to be, um, you know, at this point, I think one of the, um, one of the most slept on teams for sure. uh, Mr. Russell's team. I think they definitely struck fear in more people's hearts when, 
Um, it was built on uh, that uh, Tyreek and Chase mixed with Hurts. But um, I mean, don't get it don't get it mixed up. Austin Eckler is uh, <laughs> he is a top three or four fantasy asset, and he is going to continue putting up these twenty point weeks. Jalen Hurts. I mean, I do think that was a very poor uh, commissioning on Joe's part by being unable to do anything about this Deshaun Watson situation. I mean, he has wasted a bench spot on Deshaun Watson for the entire fantasy season for the reason that when he comes back, you could have an immediate starting QB. Now, to be fair, he might actually not be that good anymore. I mean, we don't have too many reasons to believe that, but the logic was that you get Watson. I mean, I don't. I think he could have waited like eight weeks to pick him up, but he drafted him at the end of the draft, held on to him, wasted the roster spot all year for now, and he was unable to move Jalen Hurts. And no matter what the situation is, unless Jalen Hurts is literally injured, you're not going to start Watson over Hurts. So I I don't really know why Joe wasn't able to get anything done with that. But um, yeah, his 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 team looks great. They looks like they're set for the playoffs. Um, but I think he could have really hit that echelon of these the true title contenders if he could have made a big splashy move. Um, I think moving maybe Hurts and you know one of his other pieces for uh, like an RB one or another wide receiver one, and it didn't happen. So here we sit now, um, you, you know, with with Joe kind of floating in uh, between the teams that are vying for a buy and the teams that are vying for a playoff spot. Joe is safely in there. Um, a great week from his boys, and I guess he's just going to keep gearing up for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, uh, Joe put it in the chat that, you know, Hertz is up for grabs, um, but I, I don't know if anyone did reach out or not, but I think, you know, he probably could have been more aggressive reaching out, you know. Um, obviously, he never reached out to me, but I have Mahomes, so I didn't really need to trade for a quarterback, but. Yeah. Um, you know, I like. I like Joe's team. I I thought he just drafted and has kept the Sean because he likes him in the locker room. He thinks he fits the culture and vibe of the team. <laughs> um, really, I mean, that's they're just, they're just kind that's of friends point. at this point. I think it's um, like it's like it's like Temke and Latvius. Yeah, like exactly. Thing. It's like a yeah, it's like a good relationship that Joe enjoys, and he thinks he has good character and he likes him. Um, but really, <laughs> other than that, um, I don't know. I, I look at Joe's team. I see a lot of potential. Um, as we've mentioned, you've mentioned, I think when he was on the pod that hurts Eckler, Tyree kill threesome could, could go crazy at any given week. I mean, they had a good week this week combined, but they could have well, even crazier week if, you know, Eckler and Hill go, go off. So I like it. I think his weakness is probably is his wide receiver too, uh, Devontae Smith, just cause I don't know oh, if he yeah, gets a ton sure. of touches. But uh, you know he's definitely got a solid team. I think he'll make, I think he'll make some noise in the playoffs. Um, maybe you know getting a win or two. I don't think he gets a bye, but we'll see. Um, but really, I was just happy to see Cam get the loss here because um, I love Cam being six and six because that keeps him right there with the rest of us and keeps that playoff spot open. Um, yeah, and, Metcalf. Yeah. That that opens up a lot of opportunity for your boys. Now, of course, Joe could have been that six and six team as well, but Joe does have seventy more points scored than Cambo, so definitely the boys are happy to see that. And um, yeah, we want to we want to spend the rest of the episode, um, and we'll we'll go into as much detail as possible without droning on for too long. 
just uh, just straight up explaining each team's uh, playoff scenarios. There are two games left, as we have been hinting at. Um, and yeah, I, I guess um, we'll, we, we can end with um, uh, a brief predictions of who the last six teams will be. Um, but um, I want to start with the less chaotic parts of it. Uh, Metcalf, we, we, we'll, we'll start here with, um, the top three teams, uh, Noswad, me and Telford. So all three of us have already clinched the playoffs. Um, like that's not, uh, in any scenario, we could all bench all of our players for the rest of the season and we would still be in the playoffs. So really what we're competing for are those coveted two buy spots, which as we've said many times on this pod is literally competing for a playoff victory in the regular season. Um, now Noswad, it's, it's really hard to see him missing a buy. He's, he's not going to miss a buy. He's, he, as I said in the group chat, the only way he misses out on one of the buy spots is if Telford score outscores him by 120 points in the next two weeks. And Noswad also loses out, neither of which are going to happen. Um, so I think Noswad's got one of those buy secured. So you can consider him locked in for that. Um, the one seed is also a, still a bit of a question. I will say this, Metcalf. I have uh, many don't know this, but I am actually the three-time um, one seed of the fantasy league. I went back to the league history um, today and looked at that, and I in uh, the last three seasons I finished as the one seed and the team with the most points scored. Um, I obviously was only able to win the ship um, in the 2020 season. Happy that I at least came away with one of them. But um, yeah, I'm very much at risk of losing that here against Noswad. I play him this week, and if he beats me, he has clinched the one seat. Um, even if he loses to me, because there's such a big gap in our points scored, um, I can beat Noswad and win next week, and he can still get the one seat if he gets um, if he gets the uh, if if he gets the win in week 14 against. Um, Tamki. Uh, yeah, I mean, Metcalf, is there... You You and Jack have both said now that Dawson should be running away with this. He's. I, I agree. Look, he's the Ozon favorite. Um, is there anything at this point that would stop Dawson from winning a title other than a down week from a star player? Um, yeah, I mean, a couple of things. Uh, uh, mostly is uh, injury. Uh, obviously, Fields we don't know how healthy he is. He sat out last week. Um, you have to think if you're the Bears, as much as you want to keep getting him experience, if there's even a shadow of a doubt with the fact that you're going nowhere this year and honestly would help your draft position, you would just sit him. So there's that possibility. The Bears have proven to be rather incompetent, so I don't think it's going to happen. But if they were smart, I would honestly just shut him down, help he gets healthy. Uh, ETN's a similar situation. They're not going anywhere. If there's any possibility for lingering, re-injury, more serious things with his injury, I would sit him down if I was the Jags. So, you know, in a world where those two guys both aren't playing, whether it's just for one week or for the rest of the time, then, yeah, there's a couple of holes here. If everything is even 80% clicking and rolling for Dawson, I don't I don't really see a team that can stop him, uh, besides another team just going nuclear. Cause it's, just, it's just so deep from top to bottom. It's but. so deep. It's and the yeah the yeah. the floor and the ceiling are both the highest in the league. Um, it would it will be a shock if he loses either of his two 
playoff games. Um, now, the other two uh, teams that have a chance at the other C uh, buys, which honestly, um, the one seed and the two seed don't really matter that much, especially this year. Normally, the, the just the big advantage of the one seed is that you avoid the three seed until the championship. I think there's plenty of leagues where there's like a like a top dog and then there's like a 2A and a 2B. And, you know, those two like really good teams have to fight each other to make it to face you. Um, I don't really think that is the state of our league this year. I mean, I think that whatever combination of playoff teams make it, I think the six could easily beat the three, the five could beat the four. Um, I could see a different three being a different four. So um, really the buy is all that matters at that point. And um, yeah, it's it, it's going to be a bit of a dogfight at the end here for me and Telford. Um, I now have a one-win lead over him, um, which is the biggest factor. I've also closed the points four gap to be now um, less than 23 points, which I think is easily closable for me as well, especially with how much Telford's been sliding. I do have Kyler on the bench this week, which kind of sucks. But um, yeah, I can I can clinch the bye if I beat Dawson and Telford loses. I can clinch a bye with um, any one more win coupled with one more Telford loss or I win out or Telford loses out. Um, and while Telford um, still needs to win out and have me lose out or he wins one more than I do and he keeps that um, point scored above me. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, I, I think that there's a pretty solid chance I lose to Dawson this week. Uh, but then I get Deshay the <laughs> final week, kind of an interesting way to close out the season, playing um, the best team and then the worst team. So um, I, I definitely should be able to get the job done. Um, I don't think that Telford will be able to win out against um, uh, Jack and Tamke, two teams that are hungry for a playoff seed. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Telford hops me again in the standings next week. Um, it's going to be a dogfight for the end for sure for that. Yeah, I, I agree. I um, I definitely think you're right as far as the whole uh, 2A, 2B thing. I, I kind of think it's, as I mentioned, kind of Dawson versus the field. But, um, you know, other than that, um, it's really any man's race once you get in. If you get in, you got a chance. <laughs> now, um, Metcalf, I don't know if you want to explain any of these particular situations uh for the sacco candidates which is the second least crazy thing that we will discuss um because the only team that has actually in any scenario mathematically eliminated is dishay so really his only thing to worry about right now is getting out of the sacco but even that is really difficult because it's not a matter of not finishing last it's a matter of not finishing last or second to last which at this point um he has to win out no question and he needs one of the five and seven teams to lose out um, while eclipsing them in points scored in the process to avoid the Sacco. Now, there are some scenarios I could see that, like the easiest one by far would be Dishay wins his last two games and Tamki loses his last two games. Um, and uh, he would be, and he, this also assumes that Frankie um, loses one of his last games and Dishay would be out of the Sacco. But all things considered, I think we can line Declan up for a strong candidate for a second straight season of um, the Sacco Metcalf. Yeah, Declan's going to the Sacco. I, I, I don't think there's a way that three teams end up with nine losses. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think that's pretty locked in. Um, Frankie's fairly locked in, but, you know, if he wins some games, the parents of teams lose some games. Really, the only teams 
that I would say are really on Sacco watch. It, it was obviously besides Declan, I believe is clinched, uh, in my opinion. Uh, it would be uh, Tamke and Jack just because of their point score, especially Tamke. I mean, Tamke has, I think, less points scored than Frankie, and he has another another win. But um, Yeah, T- Tamke, I think, has the least points score in the league. So he he definitely, I mean, he is, as much as he still, as we're going to be talking about him as a potential playoff team, all these five and seven teams can definitely line to the Sacco, and Will is looking uh, uncomfortably close to the Sacco. Now, just because we have to give Frankie his time in the sun and explain how that 1% is going to work, we will explain that very quickly. Um, in my opinion, he should be considered eliminated because um, Metcalf and Tommy play each other this week, um, who right now are the top five and seven teams and have significantly, significantly more points scored than Frankie. Um, Frankie is the one four and eight team. So he needs to get in with a six and eight record and have like just, you know, everyone else be no better than six and eight. Um, so Metcalf and I did the math here. Um, I guess we'll, we'll explain well, it here. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to give you credit because you did the math. I, I really, <laughs> I just saw the one percent and said he has a chance. Okay. So there's, there's two scenarios. One of them, um, requires him outscoring Tommy by 120 points, which I don't even think is worth discussing. So we'll talk about the one that is most likely. For Frankie to make the playoffs, he needs to win out, um, which is in part supported uh, by the fact that he one of his games against Cambo, which is absolutely a team that he needs to lose out. So he has Cambo lose both of his games. Um, he wins both of his games. And then if Jack or Tamke lose either of the last two games, Frankie can actually pass them pretty easily. So that's not too much of an issue. He's going to want Tommy to win out um, and Tommy to secure the fifth seed. Um, Doing so, Tommy would beat Metcalf um, and he would beat uh, Cambo. He needs those things to happen in order to make it in the first place. Um, And he also needs... uh, he needs Adam to beat Metcalf in week 14. So basically Metcalf loses out, Campbell loses out, Tommy wins out, Frankie wins out, and then uh, Jack and Tamke can split a game. Okay, even if all of those things happen, he still needs to, in these last two games, cover a current 80-point deficit in points behind Cambo in order to leap Cambo in the standings and get that 16 spot. Now. I'm quite proud of this math. Um, I think that uh, Frankie probably hasn't bothered to look into this himself. I'm sorry if you're just realizing for the first time, Frankie, just how hard it is for you to make the playoffs. But, you know, I mean, um, they, they, they counted out the U.S. too, and um, we're, we're facing the Dutch now. So uh, I, guess, I guess best of luck to you. Yeah, you know, Frankie, I believe. Uh, I believe that you will win. Um, other than that. All I can say is Godspeed, really. Um, I think it involves me losing out, so I, I wouldn't love to see that. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, maybe if there's some way when you score like 400 points in a week that you can get in with me, Damon, that'd be hard. But we'll see. Now, closing out these last, uh, these, these two before we get to the final part for the five and seven teams, um, I do want to discuss um, now two t- the two teams that, aren't locked into the playoffs, but are definitely favorites to make it 
Right now, ESPN has Joe with a 98% chance to make it and Cambo with a 64% chance. I know we just gave a scenario where Cambo actually missed the playoffs in favor of the current 11th place team. But um, yeah, they're, they're, both, they're both in a pretty good position, especially Joe. Um, Joe has essentially locked it up. I mean, his point scored is uh, very good. It's the, um, I believe it's the fourth best in the league. Um, he also has the fourth best standings in the league. He's um, pretty healthily above the other teams in points scored that are near him, except for you, Metcalf. Um, but yeah, he's most importantly, he's seven and five. Um, he can lose out and he would still very likely make it uh, just based on his healthy points scored margin. Um, any one more win and he will officially seal things. But honestly, even if he loses out, I think that it's pretty unlikely that um, there are three seven and seven teams that are able to knock him out. Like I think enough teams are going to split their ending or go own two that he doesn't even have to worry about that. So yeah, he could, he could also sneak into a buy spot if he wins out um, and I lose out until for loses a game. Um, that's not that crazy. Um, if I, I mean, of course I would have to lose to Declan, which would be kind of crazy, but you know, Dishay got that dog in him. <laughs> um, and um, uh, it's, it, I mean, Joe already has the, points lead over me right now um Telford's been slipping Telford would probably lose one of those last games um yeah I think I think Joe will probably come I could see a scenario where going into next week Joe just needs like two things to happen in order to be a buy spot too so I definitely wanted to acknowledge that as well even though um I don't really see that happening um Joe definitely sitting at that and then Cambo um is not fully out of the woods yet he's at six and six which again um, is just so important at this point that one game is just huge. Um, he, however, he really cannot lose these last two games. Um, if he loses these last two games, he would be six and eight. And odds are there's going to be two seven and seven teams, or even a six and eight team with a better point scored at that point that would be able to. Um, I mean, there's already uh, several seven and five and seven teams below him with a better point scored. Um, I think there's a good chance that if Campbell loses out, he will not make the playoffs. So um, at the same time, though, um, I think a win pretty much puts it away for him. He It's pretty hard for him to clinch it this week. He would need to win and have Jack, Adam, and Tamke all lose. Though All of those things probably won't happen. Um, but um, the game this week is less important for his playoff outlook than the game against Tommy next week. If he wins that game, then he's almost for sure in. Um, but um, just because of the certain matchups head to head. Um, but he cannot do better than the three seed at this point. I mean, he got off to a great start and then he got off to that horrible skid. I'm sure he's just happy to be uh, above water right now and looking pretty likely to make the playoffs at this point. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to get into it more with uh, the five and seven teams, but um, as far as just the, the chaos scenario here, uh, Kimmer is the key. He, I think he holds the key to the kingdom for a lot of teams here. He's he he's the yeah. It's interesting, Metcalf, because if you looked at the standings right now, you would just think, okay, well, there's one playoff spot left that's totally wide open to a team that is going to be no better than 500, um, and they're going to be competing for it. But um, yeah, he's kind of the secret weapon for some of those teams that um, you know they'll get a win this week, but then you or Tommy are going to win, and they're going to find themselves with a pretty difficult margin to overcome. Um, and if Campbell loses, 
I think uh, you either of you guys would jump him in the standings, and he would officially become the um, the, the pivot piece. He would become the guy that guys are gunning for for sure. Um, that five and seven mess in the middle of the standings, it is it is truly a sight to behold. Metcalf, uh, you are definitely a certified member of the committee. Um, you you love seeing stuff like this, um, partly for your own team's benefit, but also just generally for the sake of the league. Um, I mean, this amount of five and seven teams, statistically pretty improbable, especially considering that um, <laughs> I think the gap in like roster talent, honestly, between some of these teams is pretty huge for them all to be five and seven is kind of a testament to how crazy fantasy can be. Um, one of the five and seven teams, Tamki, has the least points scored. One of the five and seven teams, you have the second most points scored. So uh, that's just how fantasy is sometimes. Um, it's, it's as simple as this. Metcalf, you and Tommy are the only five and seven teams who really in practice control your own destiny. Um, if either of you went out, you're in the playoffs. Simple as that. You have a huge, healthy margin. Um, enough things will go in your favor. You don't need to be banking on anything else. You can just look at the road ahead of you, um, beat Tommy um, in your case, and then face off against Adam. In Tommy's case, just beat you, then beat Cambo, and you're in the playoffs. Um, but it's, I mean, that's easier said than done. And one of you guys is going to have to lose this week. So there still is a path forward for either of those teams, which you cannot say about the other five and seven teams. Um, you, you, if you lost this week, you would need a few other losses to go your way that I'm not really going to go into detail. Cause, um, I, I do think that you'd still be in a pretty weak position if you lost this week, but your points scored would keep you alive where you still have a decent chance. These other guys, Adam, Jack, and Tamke, there's no question. They need to, it's as simple as that. I mean, they might even be statistically eliminated um, if they lose this week because they are operating at pretty poor points scored right now. Um, <laughs> it'd be pretty great if Tamke made the postseason with that abysmal points scored. Um, if, if they win out, they will be in a decent position to make it. They'll be seven and seven. They'll have done what's in front of them. And that at that point, they'll, they'll look around. And this is what they're going to need. Um, as I said, your guys' matchup is taking care of one of the biggest roadblocks to the playoffs for all these teams, which is the high-scoring 5-7 and seven team. One of you guys is going to get out of the way because you're going to have a worse record at that point. But <laughs> uh, by you know virtue, Newton's law, uh, one of the other teams is going to be necessarily 6-7 and seven next week. So... They will definitely be below the winner of that matchup. Um, so um, you really need either the winner, these teams, Jack, Adam, and Will, either need the winner of the Tommy and you matchup to lose the following week, um, or they need Cambo to lose out. If Cambo loses out, it mm -hmm. would open up for all, all of these teams Um because they would have a better record than him. If Campbell loses a game, it might still open a door for a guy like Adam, who is currently trailing Campbell by 40 points scored. That's definitely a margin that he can cover. And if Adam wins out and Campbell loses out, they could both be sitting at, uh, you know, um, seven and seven, and Adam would have the tiebreaker. So that's where everything stands. Uh, Metcalf, you have anything to add to to those those last guys we talked about including yourself uh yeah i mean just a couple of things here i mean if you're 
one of the three that is not me and Tommy. Uh, you're essentially rooting for Tommy to beat me one point to zero points so that there's no more points scored and Tommy wins because <laughs> I have more than him right now. Um, as I said, Cambo is the key to this whole thing. If Cambo loses this week to Frankie, which I think I'm rooting for and I hope a lot of other people are rooting for, that really makes things interesting. Um, you know, if you're Tampa, you have to win out and then really – you gotta score some points and just kind of hope. Same with uh, Jack, if you're being honest. Um, Adam's situation is a little bit different because he gets to play me next week. So um, that would, especially if I win this week and then Adam wins this week and then he beats me, you know. So that he has a little bit of control, not a lot though. Um, yeah, but but the D- key, definitely a se- definitely <sighs> a step above Jack and Will. The key for me that I'm seeing um, is that um, neither Tommy or I. We'll be totally out of it after this week if a couple of things uh, can still go our way. Um, like for me, if I um, if I lose, if you score a lot of points and lose, yes, you're then, still in a pretty decent. Then what I need is I need uh, Camera to beat Tommy next week, um, and then me and Tommy and I have to beat Adam. Obviously, we'd end up with the same record. I'd have more points. Um, but the really interesting thing to me that I would really like to see is Cameron lose this week. And then even if that happens, and again, this is assuming these other guys lose or don't score a lot of points or don't win out, uh, but that's too complicated. Just in a vacuum with the me, Tommy, Camo thing, if uh, if Cambo loses this week, I can still lose this, this uh, week. And then at that point, whoever... Uh, like that, that game just goes well for me either way because Tommy would either knock Cambo out, he would Cambo would lose out, or Cambo would avenge my loss. So really, there's some scenarios where losing this week doesn't kill me, but obviously winning is super important. So um, if you're a five and seven team, you gotta win. That's really all. In the mud, hop in the mud and start wrestling. You gotta. If, uh, you're five and, if you're five and seven, you have to win, and you need to root for Frank. Those are the things you got to do this week. I mean, if if, if you're five and seven, I mean, I, this is this is maybe what we should even close with. If, if you're five and seven, you are the third animal to Noah's Ark, and brother, it's starting <laughs> it's to rain. Starting to rain. <laughs> uh, Megan, actually, I I do want to really quickly say in order what your final um, six teams you think are going to make the playoffs from one to six and the the order they'll be in. I've already given this some thought, um, but I'm predicting Dawson at one, me at two, Joe at three, Telford at four. Um, then I'm actually going to have um, <sighs> this is this is this is tough for me to say, but um, I think I'm going to have Tommy at five and Metcalf at six. I I don't feel wow. great about that, but I have Campbell falling out of the playoffs. And I don't know, actually. Wow. I, I definitely have Tommy at five. I definitely have Tommy at five because I have Tommy winning out. Um, I think Cambo probably should be six. It, a lot would have to go against them. But um, I, I just I feel like you and Tommy's team are just better than Cambo's and you'll be able to score a lot of points and win the game that you don't play each other. Um, okay, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. Tommy at five, you at six. Going for it. Interesting. I'm, and this is a 100% homer pick. I'm going to go Dawson and then you and then Joe as well at the three. I think he finishes third over Telf. 
Uh, I'm going to put Telly at four. Um, and then I'm actually going to put uh, myself at five and put Cam at six. Oh, man. Um, um, it's 100% a homer pick, but I have to pray on his downfall this week, uh, praying that all of his players get struck by lightning so Tommy loses out. That's my prediction. And I'm well, sticking with Metcalf, it. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me tonight. Jack obviously cannot be here. Good luck tonight to your Hoosiers. I hope they continue to win before dropping to KU eventually. Uh, I will be in the final building for that, that game. The Hoosiers will be winning that game. I love KU. I grew up rooting for KU. I was happy they won the national title. I won some money on them winning the national title. December 17th, I will be in the building, and the Hoosiers are winning by 30 to 40 points. So mark it down, bet on it, <laughs> right. whatever you want to do. All right. Let's stop the propaganda. Uh, <laughs> Metcalf, uh, it's been an honor, and uh, good luck to all the teams. I hope you're all still somehow alive. When we're all alone, keep it up, girl. Yeah, you turn me on. Ah, what time?